Welcome to this week's edition of the Bible in the News. This is Tim Billington joining you. We would like to look this week at some less likely to happen prophecies, some things that might not be so obvious. So why would we want to do this? Well, it's important for God that men know that it's him that is at work, that it's him, Jehovah, that is working in the world to let his name be known, to let his purpose be known, and so that men would repent and change from their evil ways and be saved. So Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 42, And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel. Ezekiel 22 verse 16, And thou shalt take thine inheritance in thyself in the sight of the heathen, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. So it's important for God that his people, the people of Israel, understand that it's him that's at work, and that he is God and he's still alive and active in the world. Chapter 36 and verse 11. Once again, I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bring forth fruit. And I will settle you after your old estates, and I will do better unto you than at your beginnings, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Chapter 38 is a little different. Verse 23, Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So it's important to God that his people know that he's God, that he's active, he's alive, he's a God that works on their behalf in the world, And it's important to God that the world at large understands that he is God and that he is working in the world. At the end of last week's Bible in the News, Peter Owen wound up with some comments about potential annexation, that Israel might be annexing parts of what the world would call the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, and the Jordan Valley that they might be applying Israeli law there. At the moment, it's under military command and under a grandfathered law from when it was under Jordanian occupation. So they're gearing up towards this, and the army is preparing. And as this happens, as Benjamin Netanyahu talks about uh, doing this, and there's there's a, a certain level of backing from the United States for these actions, people around the world are starting to get worried. And you see opposition coming from all kinds of places. Even in the UK, some MPs say that the UK should answer Israeli annexation with harsh economic sanctions. There's Arab opposition, of course. Netanyahu's annexation thrust must be thwarted. France is strongly opposed. France pushing for tough EU response to West Bank annexation, say diplomats. In Jordan, Jordan is tremendously opposed. Sovereignty plan will set Israel in collision course with Jordan, warns Jordan's king. And if you read the smaller type there, it says that Jordan threatens a massive conflict, as I've pulled out there to the left. So Jordan's king is pulling up, putting up all the fuss that he can to try and sound his voice in opposition to this taking place. And it's interesting that his photo there is surrounded by a European flag because he's backed by the Europeans in his opposition for these things. Now, it's interesting to note that when Jesus, Yeshua, is seen coming, when he's seen returning and and he comes up to Israel to save them from their enemies, that when he does that, the prophecies that talk about that also speak of him 
dealing judgments upon Idumea and Basra. Now, historically, those areas were what today is Jordan. They were inside that area. And although sometimes Idumea and Edom are spoken of in a symbolic way in Scripture, I think in, in there's cases in the Latter-day Prophecies when it talks about the king coming from the south and then coming up into Israel, that this is actually talking about literal places that are on his way, that he, that he follows the path that Israel took as they came out of Egypt and they came up to the Holy Land and at the start of the nation, when they came and possessed the land for the first time, that this is mirrored again as salvation comes. So Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 4, And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heaven shall be rolled together as a scroll. Now we don't think that that is, is literally the sky above, that the clouds in some way like roll up. But rather, this is the rulership of the nations that is dissolved. There's a verse that talks about, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. And then it, 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 in that kind of poetic parallelism, it talks about the, the rulers and the people. That the, the rulers are the heavens, and, and the people ruled are the earth. As the leaf falleth from the vine, as the falling fig from the fig tree. So it just happens naturally, like this is, this is a normal event, except really it is, it is the dissolving of the, um, of the rulership of the world. And then it goes on, verse 5, My sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Idumea and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness and with the blood of lambs and of goats and the fat of the kidney of ram, kidneys of rams. For the Lord hath a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. And the unicorn shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. So this age-long controversy of Zion comes to a head, and the Lord Jesus Christ comes up, and on his way he passes through this area, and then as he comes into the land, there's this controversy of Zion that's going on, that the, the, nations, the nations are coming against Zion, they're, they're coming to protest what they would say is Israel's occupation of this land. What God says is that he is giving the land back to them, that it's his land, and it's his prerogative to give it to who he wants. He's giving it to his people. It's a miraculous event. People should see that this is the hand of God at work. But rather, they are opposing what is clearly the hand of God and are coming united against this. So this is the controversy of Zion. And it is being dealt with. In chapter 63, <clears throat> we, we see that when he is coming and when he is seen, that um, he is seen as coming from Basra. Um, 63 verse 1, Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? And of course, Edom and Basra are just kind of south of the Dead Sea on the Jordanian side um, of the border. This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength, I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth the wine fat? I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in my anger, and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. 
for the day of vengeance is mine in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. So we have this, this time of great conflict when the nations come and they oppose God, they oppose his people, and they oppose them in his land, and and they they come in their in their, their wicked hatred and disdain for God and his people, and they come to take matters into their own hands. And while the world is gearing up for this, and as they are, they are opposing Zionism, they are opposing the hand of God in the land, at this very same time, we see in the news, Germans are coming to Judea and Samaria. Now, you might read that and wonder what that's talking about, but as you read into the article, <clears throat> this is, once again, this year, the, there's a group of Germans that have come from Germany into Judea to help with the building of the land, with farming, and with, um, with building the Land of Israel Network Center. And the reason why they're coming is they're coming because their, their fathers or grandfathers were Nazis, were, were part of the Nazi machine, and one case was actually an active member in the, in the Nazi party in Germany in the Second World War. And they realize that this is a problem. This is something that they want to, to, to repent for. They want to, to make right with God, to do teshuvah, um, is the, the, uh, the Hebrew word for that that they use. So, on the one hand, we see the nations, as was prophesied, coming against Israel. And on the other hand, we see this remnant of people who are, who are aligning themselves with Israel and wanting to, to help and be separate from that behavior of their, of their fathers and grandfathers, and really of the world around them. Now, what's really more amazing than that is when we pull up Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 14, because this was actually prophesied that it would happen. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 14, The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despised thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Now, you may have read that in the past, and thought, well, that's something that will happen after the kingdom's established, when God's hand is plain in the world, and, and the nations have been judged, and, and clearly this is the kingdom of God on earth, and clearly this is a miraculous event, and the hand of God is bare in the earth from plain for all to see. And at that time, those that despised Israel, those that despised God's people, will have a change of heart, and they will come, and... And, and do these things. But for this to happen now, while the nations are still gathering, while the people are, are building up their rage and opposition in this age-long controversy of Zion, for this to happen now is more of a miracle. Not only is it more of a miracle, but it's an unlikely miracle and not something that you would expect to happen. Just to put an extra little layer on this, if you pull up the Hebrew for that, you can see my Bible program there in, that I put in the little window. I took a screen capture of that for you to see. So in this program, you can, you can roll over the word with your mouse, and it will, it will pull up the Hebrew for you. So you can, you can see it there. It's menatzecha. So it starts with the mem, 
and then you have the noon, the aleph, the tzadi, the yod, and that's the, the main part of the word, and then the cha in the end is, is, the, is the you, it's the the there, despised the. But if you look at that central part there, not say, that's actually exactly the Hebrew word for Nazi. So that might not be the, the plain surface reading of the verse that the Nazis will come and bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, but it's kind of locked away. It's hidden in that verse in, in, a, less, um, in a less obvious way. So it's interesting then, as this happens, that there's this small group that comes and, and separates themselves from the wickedness of Europe around them as they, they oppose God and his people, that they come and want to separate themselves from that and act in a very different way. <clears throat> now, when we look at that verse, it says that all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. So I don't think it's wrong to see that verse as something that is future. I think it is. I don't think this is the full fulfillment of that. These are clearly not all they that despise thee. But as we see this little remnant come and, and do this now, we see that after the hand of God is plain in the earth and people's, more people see it plainly, that we will see this kind of behavior escalate. Now, I'd like to play a little video clip for you of Jeremy Gimple explaining about these Germans coming and showing us them there working as they were in his property for the first time. But something remarkable happened, something that you, honestly, until you see it, you're not going to believe it. A group of 10 non-Jewish Germans landed in Israel. I rented them an apartment in my community in Neve Daniel, and one of them's an electrician, one of them's a plumber. They're skilled builders, and others are just handy. And they've come here to serve the Jewish people and to help us build our center as an atonement as tshuva, as they say, for what their parents and their grandparents did to our people just decades ago during the Holocaust. They've come in humility, they've come in love, and they're now working, serving Israel, helping the Jewish people reclaim our promised land. And to see it happening before our eyes, that the enemy of the Jewish people, the worst enemy maybe we've ever had, is now coming together to support us, to love us, to help us on our mission as the nations turn against us. Are we actually living to see this come to pass in our lifetime? Look at these pictures. Look at these people. They are here asking for nothing other than to be a part of helping us build this vision. Jew and the righteous among the nations serving Israel together. So that's very interesting then. So those Germans come and help build the land of Israel at a time when the nations are opposing them and, and doing exactly the opposite. I took a trip to Israel in, in 2005 with a young man called James Stilberto. And when we were there at that time, we had a conversation with somebody by the Western Wall that told us about an event that was happening where they, where they would be playing music 
and we weren't exactly sure what it was that we were going to, but it sounded interesting, and, and James was all about finding somebody to play music with in, um, in Israel. So we showed up, and it was the Rosh Chodesh March that goes around the gates of the old city. This was the first that we knew about it, and I took my video camera with me, and we walked around there, and I'm going to show you a little video of that event at that time. So you can see them here marching along and, uh, and singing as they go, walking through the streets of Jerusalem. This is just outside the old city wall. The old city is behind me as I'm filming. I'm going to film it out from the wall um, to where the people. It's a bit of a, a raise as a sidewalk. So you have the ladies coming now. So we experienced with that, it was a tremendous experience as they went and sang psalms and walked around the gates up to the temple and um, and stopped and prayed silent prayer. And I remember clearly now watching one particular young lady as, as, as she was praying, noticing as, as a tear was rolling down her cheek out of her eye as she was, he was laying her, her prayer before her God. And the next day after that happened, we took a trip up into Samaria, into the northern West Bank, up near Shechem, Shechem and we went up Harbracha, um, Mount Gerizim, up to the settlement there, and we met a man who was a farmer, and he, um, he had vines and olives. And when we got there, we were talking to him, and he quoted this verse to us, and this was, this was the big motivation for him behind moving there and, and setting up this farm, farm, was that he had read this verse, Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria, the planter shall plant and shall eat them, as common things. So he read that and, and, and he said, well, we've come back to the land, we're fulfilling the prophecies, and this is obviously something that has to happen, and I feel like I would like to do this, that I would like to be the fulfillment of this prophecy. So he read that, it was his inspiration, and he learned, he wasn't a farmer before, he learned how to farm, and, um, and he planted his vines on the mountains of Samaria. So this was quite a tremendous thing then to see this and to witness this man in this place with his, his vines, with his vineyard. And, and when he quoted this verse to me, I, I pulled out my Bible to see what the context was. And as I looked, <clears throat> I read Jeremiah chapter 31. And we'll just back up to verse 3 here. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. God... God has a tremendous love for his people, and, and he has promises to, to his friend, to Abraham, that he is fulfilling. Saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, thy hand, hand drums, that they were, the... Um, the, 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 the hand drums, like a frame drum with a circle with the skin over it, and, and some of them had the little bells around the side so that they would make a jingling sound as you played them. It would be what we would know today as a tambourine. 
<coughs> they had those and the ones without the little um, jingles on the side that would be a little bit more just like a frame drum. So it's prophesied here, thou shalt, thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets and shall go forth in the dances of them that make merry. So it would be a joyful procession. They'd go forth in dances um, of those that make merry. You could see his love and his hand at work bringing them there. And they are again going out with dances in the streets of them that make merry and the hand of God is being fulfilled. But what's completely incredible is when I read this was when I just experienced the next verse, thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. So I read the context and the context was the day before that we had, we had experienced. That was quite an, quite an impression on me. So the first day we were there, we talked to Nier, we saw his vines, we saw the things going on. And then the next day, a family showed up, and um, it was a man with his wife and 11 children. And they had come to help Nier to prune his vines, because Nier had been having trouble with his farm. And this man had come and met Nier, kind of like I had, and, and he had realized that Nier had a great need. And he was a farmer with his, his children. They had left the hustle bustle of the city and learned how to, um, how to live off the land, to live off the grid, learn their skills from the Amish that they went and moved near. And they, they all grew their own, their own food. They, um, they saw the need that Nier was in and they volunteered to come and help. So they showed up when we were there and started to prune the vines and we went out and helped them a little bit. So Tommy Waller was who, um, who this man was and he went on to found Hayuvel, which is an organization for volunteers to come and help in the mountains of Judea and Samaria to help these farmers um, in their farming as he realized that there were more and more farmers that were in a similar situation too near and needed assistance. And at some point, he realized that there was a verse in his Bible that seemed to speak of himself Isaiah chapter 61 and verses 4 and 5. They shall build the old wastes and they shall raise up the former desolations. So these old wastes that had been around old wastes, so this is not uh, you know, something that had recently happened, but they had returned after a long period of time and they would raise the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations, and strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. And they said, hey, you're fulfilling the prophecy about planting vines again in the mountains of Samaria, and we're filling this one about the sons of the stranger being your vine dressers. So we talked then about prophecies that are likely to be fulfilled and ones that are not likely to be fulfilled. To have the sons of the stranger come and, and tend your farm for you is one that might be a little less likely especially when we see the way it's being fulfilled, because it's not like these people are coming and being paid for their labors, but rather it's a volunteer organization. They're paying their own way and, and, and farming just out of sure, sheer love for the children of Israel. So I just want to play a little clip that shows the reaction of some of the people of the area and the farmers to these people coming. <laughs> חשבתי שזה אנשים לא נורמליים. חשבתי שזה אנשים שמשהו פה... משהו פה לא יכול להיות. I don't think we all grasp uh, the, the immensity of this, this amazing process. 
I mean, who would leave their home from far, far away to come and help us here? It's written that the nation will come and help and be part of the Mashiach. And I just see it in your eyes like there is no... It's a miracle. So as we see that, as she says, you know, you wouldn't really expect this to happen, but it is written, and it's happening before our eyes, before our very eyes, we can see these unlikely prophecies of the Bible coming to pass and being fulfilled. What level of confidence and faith should this give us in the Word of God and in the testimony that every last detail is being fulfilled? Now, it's also noteworthy that this is not light work that they're coming and doing, but it's backbreaking farming work where they're coming and planting hundreds of vines, they're, they're pruning, they're harvesting. So you can see in this photo here, they're getting very dirty in the process. This is not something that you typically think of as something fun to do that you'd like to spend your summer doing. There's a picture of some of the volunteers. This is a smaller group. There's been thousands of volunteers have come, often a hundred or so at a time. What's, what's also interesting, too, as we discuss prophecies and as we talk about uh, the things that are happening and God's plans with his people, we need to remember that he loves his people. This is his hand. He's building them up in the land, and it's him that is taking care of them. And it says in Amos chapter 9 and verse 14, I will bring again the captivity of my people, and they shall they shall build the build the waste cities. There's the wastes again. The last verse talked about the old wastes. This one's talking about the waste cities. They will inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof, and they shall make gardens and eat the fruit of them. So they'd come. They would rejuvenate the land. The land would bring forth its fruit for them, and the land would bring forth its fruit for them, and he would again plant them in their land. So they come and plant the vines. The vine, of course, is a symbol for the nation of Israel, that they are God's vine, his choice vine, and um, he's planting them in their land. So they come, these vineyards are, are, are grown, they're planted, and they're, they bring forth fruit, and God plants them in their land. And then he says, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them. So there's a parallel between the vine and the people that the vines are planted and the people are not uprooted out of their land, which God has given them, saith the Lord their God. So God has given his word that when the people are planted in the land, they are not to be pulled up again. So there are prophecies that talk about terrible things that are come, a time of trouble on the nation of Israel. But we need to remember that the overall picture is that they're not pulled up out of their land that God has given them. Just before we close, there's one last little thing that's happened in the news that I would like to point out. And there's fragments of Dead Sea Scrolls that were, you know, blank little parts with no words on them that, um, that had been sold for a lesser amount and it ended up at a university. And they were, they were looking at them in leather studies, you know, this old leather that had been preserved. They were, they were looking at it, you know, not per se as a scroll, not the information, but rather just interest about the, the old leather. The man that owned these, as he looked at them, he, he thought that, that maybe he saw a lamed in there, like the Hebrew letter L. So he 
he started investigating this further and you can see there the one picture, the one that looks like black and white, that's taken with what they call spectral imaging. Really what it is is they, they flash the, uh, the item with multicolors of flashes and the, the different spectrums of light will show up different things on the item and you might be able to see something there that you couldn't see before. So it actually quite plainly brought to sight the text that is on it. And as the quote in the article on the right there says, this text on name of the, the, the item that they've, they've called this particular fragment may be related to the biblical book of Ezekiel chapter 46 verses 1 to 3. Now we need to remember that as the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, there, there frequently seemed to be a level of significance for the, the context that the scroll was found in. The great scroll of Isaiah that has these wonderful prophecies in that talk about the return and the redemption and God's hand bringing back his people again the second time to, to recover the remnant of his people that had been scattered throughout all the earth. These great prophecies are in Isaiah, and Isaiah, the great scroll of Isaiah from the Dead Sea Scrolls, was bought for Israel on the very day of the establishment of the state of Israel. There was another scroll that was found at Masada, and it was, it was, it was a section of Ezekiel, and the section was Ezekiel chapter 37. The dry bones being brought back to life, that this, this, this place that speaks the history of it, of the last stand, the destruction of the people of Israel as they were scattered through the world and made into that dry bones of a nation, scattered and separated from their parts. That the prophecy of that coming back together, the coming back together of those parts, that that prophecy, Ezekiel chapter 37, would be found at Masada. It's amazing. So too with this one, Ezekiel chapter 46, if they're right that that's what it is and it's being found at this time, I really hope that it is significant as well because Ezekiel chapter 46 says, Thus saith the Lord God, The gate of the inner court that looketh toward the east shall be shut the six working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be opened. So there's the Sabbath keeping in the future and this is the, this is the great prophecy of Ezekiel the, the culmination of his prophecy of the rebuilding of the temple, the great future messianic temple of the future age being reestablished. really hope that we're on the verge of this happening, that maybe this, this course of events that we're seeing taking shape in the earth will come to this. We hope that it is soon. Thus saith the Lord God, the gate of the inner court that looketh toward the east shall be shut the six working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be opened, and in the day of the new moon it shall be opened, and the prince shall enter by the way of the porch of the gate, that gate without. So he comes in by the way of the east gate. The prince, the great ruler of the future age that God has set in charge of his kingdom, the prince shall enter by the way of the porch of the gate without, and shall stand by the post of the gate, and the priest shall prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings, and he shall worship at the threshold of the gate. Then he shall go forth, but the gate shall not be shut until the evening. Likewise, the people of the land shall worship at the door of this gate before the Lord in the Sabbaths and the new moons. Hopefully this is, in fact, what God is doing, that he's bringing this 
particular section of scripture before the nations is there hasn't been a new scroll found and I think it's 60 years that um, now something has come to light not that a new scroll was found but um, part that was thought to be to be garbage more or less almost worthless it was just a, a blank piece of old leather a fragment like the, like the size of a, of a cornflake that this should have be found to have text on it and to be something so significant is phenomenal. So I'd like to thank you for joining us, The Bible in the News, this week. This has been Tim Billington with you. And please join us again next week, God willing, for more Bible in the News.